After 18 months, I'm back in New Zealand from the Philippines. It's been a bit of a struggle, to be completely honest with you. So flight school, <laughs> flight school never got off the ground. Flight school never took off. Obviously due to the pandemic. So back in March 2020, I had my orientation at the flight school. It would have been the 9th of March, so like the beginning of the week. And I was super excited because I had... I don't know, I'd been waiting for that moment for quite a while, you know. Back in 2019, I had finally worked up enough courage to get off my ass and do something about my dream. And now it was finally beginning. It was finally beginning. So 9th of March was the orientation. Rocked up to the to the um to the school. Not the school, but like the the learning center area that the that the airline had. And obviously there had been whispers of this coronavirus already by this point. Not 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 whispers much. Yeah, I mean it was it was part of everyday conversation at that point. So there was a lot of questions with the enrollment office from the enrollees regarding, you know, how are we gonna move forward with this, how will this affect our training, you know, just stuff like that. And obviously at that point we don't know how um serious yet that this would be. So we were proceeding and, and all that. Uh, at the end of the orientation, my proper interview was scheduled on the 13th of March. And the reason why I remember that date is because it was Friday the 13th uh, for some reason. So the interview was scheduled 13th of March at 7.30 in the morning. And I was thinking, man, this is quite early. This is quite early for an interview. So, you know, I had, um, I had made arrangements to stay at one of my tita's places, which was quite close to the, um, the venue of the interview just so that we could escape, you know, sort of Manila traffic and that sort of thing. Because if you've ever been to Manila during rush hour, oh, mate, it's uh, it's definitely not somewhere you want to be during uh, rush hour traffic. Anyway, that was the 13th of March, 2020. President Duterte on the 12th of March at around 9.30 in the evening, uh, that's when he announced the lockdowns in in the philippines so nationwide nationwide lockdown and he said you know i'll give you guys 72 hours to make your arrangements to get home or you know anything like that and then we're, we're going to be in lockdown <laughs> maybe an hour or so after that the recruitment officer who was holding my application gave me a call and he said, hey, good evening, Sir Hezron. Um, have you been watching the news? And I said, yes, sir, I have been watching the news. And I could tell from the tone in his voice that um, it sounded like the application was no longer going to continue. And I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said something to the effect of, obviously, due to the nature of this coronavirus, the country going into lockdown, we're going to have to postpone your application until further notice. So that was that. It's now, oh, how long has it been? It's nearly been, it's a year. It's a year and, and three months. Yeah, a year and a couple of months later and still no news. So, yeah, because of that, I'm back in New Zealand. Obviously, there's been a lot of goings-on. Going-ons? There's been a lot that's been happening uh, in the 18 months since I've been in the Philippines. So, this is just a bit of an update for, I don't know, the three people that listen to, to this podcast. Um, yeah, no. Um, I think the mo what I wanted to talk about today 
was my journey in trying to get home. So I've been trying to get home since the beginning of 2021, the end of January, pretty much. That was after Heidi left uh, the Philippines to go to the States. So after she left, I was like, all right, sweet, now I'm going to go home. I only just like got out of quarantine. So let's backtrack a bit. Let's quarantine in New Zealand. Let's backtrack a bit to, to January. So... New Zealand, I think, is probably one of the luckiest places to be during a worldwide pandemic because it's pretty much normal here. No, no one's wearing masks unless you're on you're on public transport. There's no such thing as social distancing over here. Um, pretty carefree, pretty carefree from what I've seen compared to how it was in the Philippines. So entering New Zealand during the pandemic, you have to book what's called. Um, a slot in managed isolation and quarantine, um, which is MIQ. So MIQ, basically isolating, quarantine for two weeks before you're released back into the wild. Flights between Manila and Auckland aren't too hard to find, which uh, which was quite surprising to me. Flights were actually readily, flights were actually readily available. Maybe three times a week at least the issue was with miq so miq would only release slots two months in advance not only but they would release available slots in miq two months in advance so you'd have to book a slot in quarantine um, before you're able to board your flight so it was hard to book miq man like wow it's like trying to purchase a sold out concert so I'd be refreshing the, the page every, you know, half hour or so to see if someone had cancelled their slot and one would open up and I'd, and I'd take. When an available slot would appear, it would never sort of match up with the flights. So say, for example, the flights, like I said before, they were quite readily available, but they'd be on like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for example, a slot in MIQ would open up. It would be like on a Tuesday or a Thursday. So they would never really line up. That was pretty hard. That was pretty hard. There was a lot, lots of people trying to get back into New Zealand, I guess. So that was uh, one, of the, one of the struggles that I had to deal with trying to come back home. So keep in mind, this was in January. Everything was booked out until at that point, m- end of March. So there was no, no slots available until the end of March. So I sort of mentally prepared myself, all right, maybe I need to need to wait it out for another two months until a slot opens up and, and blah, blah, blah. So finally, a slot did match up. It would have been maybe third or fourth week of February where a flight and a slot in MIQ matched up. So of course, I had to jump on it, booked it straight away and excited, cool, easy. I'm going home, going home, finally getting out of this mess in Manila and rejoining <laughs> rejoining civilization in, in Auckland. So that would have been, yeah, maybe the 22nd of February, let's say, around that time. And that flight was with Cathay Pacific. A couple of weeks after I had booked my flight and sorted out quarantine, Cathay Pacific gives me an email saying that my flight has been cancelled <laughs> and that was due to the fact that they 
they in Hong Kong, the government there, had renewed their protocols with regards to aviation stuff like coming in and out of the country. So because there was no more pilots available to fly, no more pilots available to fly for Cathay Pacific, they just cancelled a whole bunch of flights, mine included. So I was like, shit, I'm, I'm going to have to go through this process of waiting for MIQ and these flights to match up again. So I was like, damn, no. And they, I got in contact with them. They said, you know what, no worries. We'll just issue a refund and, you know, it'll, it'll be sweet. However, it'll take around 45 business days to, to process which was kind of a bummer because I'd been out of, not out of work, I'd still, still working at Bear, but like, you know, income had virtually gone down to zero. So the old credit card, you know, the credit card limit was, you know, creeping ever so slightly closer. So that was quite kind of nervous. So anyway, flight got canceled, booking MIQ, booking flights again, had to go through that process. Finally managed to book one for the 23rd of March, uh, 2021 now with Singapore Airlines so going into New Zealand going into New Zealand you need to have number one a managed isolation booking sorted and number two a negative COVID test within 72 hours of your flight so three days before your flight you're meant to get tested if it's negative you're able to board your flight so in the weeks leading up to my flight, I had gone home to La Union, where my parents are from. When I say gone home, like gone home, yeah, to, to where my parents are from. Auckland's home, but because that's where my parents were from as well, that's also a second home. So anyway, did my farewells to my, to my cousins and, and to my grandparents and that sort of stuff. And at first, I didn't tell them that I was coming home. I just sort of rocked up as a surprise and because it wasn't Easter and it wasn't anyone's birthday, um, they sort of had a feeling that, yeah, I was going to go back home and I'd come back to say bye. So they figured that out. Come back and come back to Manila and, you know, saying farewell to, the, to all my mates, uh, the mates that I met at the gym, um, other family, friends and stuff like that. So I'd gone around saying goodbye to people. Uh, the weekend before my flight, though, my cousins from La Union had come up to Manila, and that was a bit of a process as well, like inter, inter-regional travel in the Philippines, just so many documents required, it's such a headache. So anyway, they came up to Manila for, like, wedding bands, uh, wedding band shopping, and I had accompanied them. We went to a place in Chinatown called Ongpin, Hella packed. This was like the most people I had been around since the pandemic started. And it was kind of sketchy, eh? like having all these people sort of just around me. Anyway, fast forward a um, couple of days before my swab test for the flight. You know, it was just made up with like Meng, um, Shireen, Anna Pio, just saying bye to, bye to everyone. Jay, just everyone, just everyone. And then add my swab test on the 21st of March, which was 48 hours before my flight at St. Luke's BGC. Um, the reason why I had gotten my swab test at St. Luke's and BGC is because I had already gotten a few swab tests from there before, and they were always very professional and always very prompt when it came to releasing the results. The last time I had gotten a swab test at St. Luke's, they had released my result 
within like 17 hours and they had given me like a 24 hour time frame. So I was fairly confident that I would have received my results from them in time for my flight. <laughs> 12 hours later, uh, 12 hours after my swab, still no results, which was, you know, still within the 24 to 48 hour time frame that they had given me. Now looking back at it, they did tell me, you know, the result will be within 24 to 48 hours. And I had 72 hours to get that done. It was just a false sense of confidence in the hospital that they'd, you know, be able to release the result on time. 24 hours later, still no swab test result. And I'm starting, and I'm freaking out a little bit, stressing out, um, worried that, you know, if the swab test isn't, re- isn't uh, released in time, I'm not going to be able to board my flight. This flight that had been waiting for two months um, for, this flight that had already been cancelled once, this flight that, you know, I won't be able to board again because there's no MIQ at this point until July. So if I don't get onto this flight, I'm not going to get home until July. Damn. Um, 36 hours pass by and at this point, I'm like, oh man, this is, this is, I'm starting to break out in sweats. My flight's tomorrow, um, tomorrow afternoon and I still don't have my result. Jeez. At this point in time, <clears throat> obviously my parents are stressing out with me as well. And my dad's sort of calling up his mates here. Uh, my dad in Auckland was calling up his mates in Manila asking like for help. Um, mates in the hospitals, if we could expedite the results, you know, that sort of thing. I was so stressed. <laughs> I was mad stressed. I was probably more nervous for that than my interview for the flight school. Uh, 12 months prior and like because I was so stressed I I don't know like my body started feeling quite odd you know that feeling that you get when you're just about to get sick like you're you're not sick but you know you're not 100% like I was getting to that point and now I was like this better not be COVID (laughs) This better not be COVID. So anyway, if I didn't receive their results that night, my plan, my second option was to go to the hospital down the road at eight o'clock in the morning and hopefully get an expedited test for my flight at two o'clock in the afternoon. So that was that was plan B. Fortunately, my test result came at around... 9.30 at night on the 22nd of March. So I, at this point, I had sort of calmed down a bit because now I've got my results back. So, you know, I'm probably going to be able to board my flight. I tell my parents through uh, Messenger, yo, I've got my results. So, you know, I'm coming home, finally coming home. No need to stress about these damn results anymore. I get the test result. And, you know, it's got my name and date of birth and the time of testing and, you know, all that sort of stuff, all that information. So it's definitely me. It's definitely my result. And in big, like big ass bold letters in the middle of the letter, it says viral RNA has been detected positive. So I was like, shit, (laughs) shit, I've got COVID. And my initial reaction was not that 
damn, I'm not going to be able to get home. My initial reaction was, I need to call all these people that I've been in touch with the last 14 days because if I had passed it on to one of them, like, I'd feel mad, mad guilty. I'd, yeah, I think someone's in the house. Anyway, I'd feel mad guilty. So I called up P.O., Ming, Shireen, and it's the Bontiers, everyone. Everyone that I'd been in touch with uh, leading up to that. And yeah, nah. I made sure to let them know that, yo, look, I've actually tested positive, so I'm not gonna, I'm not able to get home. Um, you might want to get tested as well, you know, just in case. I don't want to pass it on to anyone at all. When, so yeah, after I had finished calling everyone, it was sort of dawning on me that crap, I'm not gonna be able to get home. So, you know, you need to self isolate in the Philippines. If I had gotten sick, I would have needed to have gone to the hospital. You don't want to be in the hospital with COVID in the Philippines. Uh, the healthcare system there was collapsing, and you know, just a whole lot of bad news. You don't want, you you don't want to get sick in the Philippines. Um, luckily, I was asymptomatic, um, like or nearly asymptomatic. The worst symptom that I had was you know a temperature of thirty seven point two celsius which is nothing that's still within the normal range uh that was on day two on day three yeah just a dry cough like it was it was nothing it was nothing so like obviously covid people like deal with covid people's bodies react to covid differently and i guess i was one of the lucky ones that didn't have any symptoms. And it was pretty scary because in December 2020, Heidi and I had just come back from Las Casas Filipinas de Acusar in Bataan. And after we got back from there, like I got, I felt very ill. Like I think it was the flu or something like that. But she came around with a swab test and, you know, made sure I was okay and stuff like that. So I had two swab tests, which were both negative. So that probably wasn't COVID. But that illness kicked my ass. I was in bed for like four days, couldn't move, had no appetite. I could still smell and taste, so I was fairly confident that it wasn't COVID. But man, I, I just felt like complete trash. Anyway, um, where am I? Where's the timeline? Yeah, day three, just a dry cough. <laughs> so heaps of my... like. At the Jing, the the owner of the house that I was staying at, uh, my cousin, she came, she dropped off like some like a week's worth of groceries. Um, heaps of family friends just dropped off a lot of food for me because you know at this point you're not allowed to go outside. Because none of my close contacts had tested negative either. Oh, sorry. Because none of my close contacts had tested positive either, which was a relief. I don't know where I caught the virus from so i probably didn't catch it from one of them because none of them were negative uh i was i only went to a handful of places in that time if i had gotten the rona from ong pin where we were shopping for the wedding bands my cousins would have gotten the virus too but they were negative so i didn't get it from there at least i think i didn't get it from there so because I don't know where I had gotten it from, like contact tracing is 
kind of tough, I think, tough to, to tough to perform because I don't know where I got it from. Like, I don't know what behavior to alter because if I had gotten it from, you know, from Ong Pin, I'm not going back to Ong Pin anymore. But because I don't know where, like, I don't know what to change. It was, now looking back at it, it was probably from something like a food delivery or a grab ride, which is the Uber in Southeast Asia. Or just, <laughs> it's, hard, it's, it's, it's hard to speculate, but it, it could have come from anything. So, you know. I had to call up the airline, obviously, and say, hey, look, I can't board my flight because <laughs> my schedule's changed. I don't want to tell them that it's because oh, I caught the Rona. Um, but yeah, I just called them up and they were real cool with it. They were like, that's all right, man. We'll just give you an open booking. Call us back when you're ready to board the flight and we'll sort it out for you. No problem. So I said, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Again, the process of booking MIQ and booking a flight, matching those two details uh, had come up again. The next flight booking was for the 23rd of April. So my flight out of Manila was 22nd April into Singapore and then Singapore to Auckland on the 23rd of April. So obviously another 72 hours to, to, oh no, sorry, actually, before, before we talk about that, let, let's, let's, let's backtrack a bit. So yeah, I had booked the flight. Okay. I've booked the flight for 22, 23 April. And all I thought I had to do at this point was just, you know, wait it out in, in, in Paranaque, which was where I was living. I thought I was just going to wait it out until the day of my flight and then, you know, pack up and, 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 and leave the house. So I mentioned there uh, before, Ate Jing, the owner of the place. Uh, <laughs> she told me that, because her husband is a, is a seaman. He's like a sailor, um, a marine. Uh, what is he? he? He works on like a massive boat, massive, massive ship. And his schedule, he was running a bit earlier than expected. And he was coming home earlier. And coming into the Philippines, you also need to self-isolate. So he needed to self-isolate in, 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 in the house. And this was probably a week before my flight. And I don't want to be the guy to like tell the owner of the house like, oh, KJ, can you just like, um, can you look for somewhere else to stay? Because I only have one more week. The reason why I was stressing out because Airbnbs and hotels, they didn't allow like short term bookings, short term stays. The minimum stay at all the hotels and Airbnbs that I had inquired at was six months. And I'm not paying six months worth of, you know, accommodation just to stay for a week. So I was freaking out, man. I was freaking out. And again, I was thinking, like, just all this bad luck with the timing. But of course, it's Kuya Jay's house, man. Like, I can't tell him, like, bro, the, uh, you, can't, you can't be staying here. Because they had been so accommodating for me for the whole pandemic. You know, staying with them and now staying at the, the house that was unoccupied. So, of course, he needs to self-isolate. I needed to vacate. Scramble, 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 scramble. Jihan's Ninong, uh, Tita George, was kind enough to put me in contact with Tita Judian, and she let me stay at a condo in QC, Quezon City, QC, for seven days. So we figured that part out, 
and it was a bit stressful as well because I don't know about you, but for me, like if I've got a flight, I'm not one of those like I'm gonna pack like a week in advance and 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 just you know grab my bags and leave. <laughs> I'm real last minute when it comes to my packing, so I was expecting just to you know to finish my packing the night before my flight and bounce. But no, now I had to stay in this uh, in this condo for seven days, and now I had to take into consideration. Let's move this. It's a bit. Oh, screw it. Anyway, now um, I had to take into consideration like an extra seven days worth of pambahe or like, you know, home clothes, seven days worth of toiletries because since I knew I was leaving, I didn't bother stocking up on extra toothpaste and soap and that sort of stuff because I'm not going to be able to bring it with me on the flight anyway. So I had budgeted the last of my resources to last me up until... 23 April um, and now I had to like I don't know it's just stressful moving from it's stressful moving if you've ever moved from one house to another you, you know how stressful that is the picture I'm trying to paint is that I was just stressed as anything so I cut all my stuff which is super heavy I don't have a scale at this point so I don't know if I'm overweight for my baggage allowance I cut all my stuff to to QC, which I'm super thankful for. Like, Tito George, Tito Julianne, like, again, thank you so much for helping me get that organized because if not, <laughs> I would have been stuck living on the street maybe. I don't know. Thank you again. I get to the, to the condo and in the elevator, the sun, oh, I don't know how to fix it. that should do whatever i get to the elevator to 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 go up to my floor and inside the elevator there's a bulletin that says dear condo residences we we regret to dear condo residences we regret to inform you that there are four positive cases within the building so i'm like oh like I had just recovered from this. What if I'm like getting re-exposed and 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 stuff like that? Like, what if I'm getting re-exposed again? So I was like really scared, really scared. I know that the first time around, like I was already asymptomatic, so whatever. But again, just COVID hits everyone differently. You never know, like how it might get you. Maybe this time around, it might kick me in the ass. Anyway, you know, just practice, you know, just wear face masks, wash and sanitize your hands, um, just do the minimum health protocols and you should be safe, right? Social distancing, whatnot, you know, don't talk in the elevator, that sort of stuff. All right, so yeah, now we're at the swab test, which is 72 hours before my flight. And I made sure this time it was 72 hours before my flight because I don't want that stress that I had last time of missing my flight because I don't have my test result. That would be so annoying. Like if you miss your flight because your test result didn't come in time, like that's way worse than missing your flight for testing positive because, you know, that's your fault if you tested late. It's not your fault if you test positive, but, you know, that's out of your control. But it is it is in your what is in control is when you get the test. 
So I made sure that I was prompt with my test. Okay. Now, 19th of April, 72 hours before my flight. 19th of April, 2 p.m., I book a grab back to BGC for my test, which was at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. A couple of days before that, I called up my boy Jay from the gym. I was like, bro, because I don't have my car, um, would it be okay if you like help me drive through the swab testing site? Because at that point you had two choice, you had two choices. Okay, you had a drive-through swab test, or you know you go inside the hospital to to get your test done. I don't want to go in no damn hospital, so I just booked the drive-through test. And I tell Jay the details. You know, four o'clock, nineteenth of April. Will you be able to help me out with that, bro? He says, Yeah, yeah, man, no problem. Easy, easy, easy. And I we we had been in touch with each other that the, the days leading up to the nineteenth just to confirm schedules and, and that sort of stuff. Again, I don't want to miss my flight because of a damn test. I text Jay the morning of the nineteenth just to confirm our schedule in in the afternoon. He's like, Yeah, bro, sweet, I'll I'll, I'll see you this afternoon. I'll drive you through your test, no problem at all. Easy. He had some errands to do that afternoon. He's a busy man, that dude. You know, he's all about the property game. Shout out to Jay. Salute, brother. So keep in mind, my test is at four o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. He gives me a call at around 3.58. At that point, I'm thinking, bro, where the heck is this guy? (laughs) He gives me a call and he's like, bro, I'm running a bit late which he had advised me at, you know, 3.30 already. So I knew he was going to be a bit late. He said, bro, I'm going to be a bit late. Is it okay if we do the drive-thru at 4.15? And I'm thinking, oh, I didn't want to like, at the point, at that time, I didn't want to be like, bro, like you're on, you're late, man. You said you'd be here. But <laughs> like my drop-off point, well, our our meetup point was literally 50 meters down the road from the swab testing site. I can see the medical staff getting their testing kits ready to stick up my nose and jam down my throat. I can li- I can literally see them. I'm like, bro, they're right there. They're right there. Thankfully, Jay, you're a dick. I was so annoyed at you, but <laughs> thankfully, right outside st luke's bgc across the road is snr so if you've ever been to bgc that's where the testing site is right outside snr which is like a wholesale uh, grocery um, supermarket type place there's a taxi stand whole bunch of taxis whole bunch of taxis and i didn't for some reason i didn't think about utilizing one of the taxi drivers to to pull me through into the drop uh, into the swab testing site keep in mind that young Tagalog ko, it's not so great. <laughs> After having spent a year in the Philippines, I don't know. Everyone at work just spoke English anyway. Heidi speak like Heidi and I would just speak in English with each other to each other. I don't really practice my Tagalog, unfortunately. I should have. I really should have. But you know, I I just didn't. And I'm trying to ask this taxi driver such an intricate question in Tagalog, like. My swab test is down the road. I can see the guy. I need to board my flight. Can you please take me? Adrenaline was like 
coursing through my veins. Okay? And I spoke the most flawless Tagalog in my life ever. Like, I can't repeat it now, but basically I just asked them, sir, I need to have a swab test. I'm stressing out. Can you please take me through? It's lit- It's literally right there. Um, Yeah, because I need to board my flight. And he's like, yes, sir, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> it took to that point for me to speak flawless Tagalog. Anyway, so we do the swab test, you know, both nostrils down the throat same sort of deal for those of you who haven't had a swab test before it doesn't hurt but it's mad and comfortable like it it doesn't feel all too great so after the test i asked the i asked the taxi driver um like how much would the fare be for that and then he replies back to me he's like which means you know it's up to you and in my mind, I'm like, man, I don't know how much a 30-second taxi ride costs. <laughs> so I just flicked them 200 pesos, which is barely anything. How much would that be? You know, maybe just under 10 bucks, 10 New Zealand bucks, which is nothing. But in the Philippines, man, wages there, uh, it's, t- it's a tough gig. It's a tough gig. 200 pesos would mean a lot to a taxi driver. So I just flicked them off. It meant nothing to me. But to him, that amount of money would have meant quite a lot. I should have given him more. I just didn't have any cash on me because I was mad, mad thankful for, for, for his help. And obviously he was quite happy with the, with, with that. So that was the 19th of March at around four o'clock in the afternoon. Jay, I'm not asking you again for, for drive through <laughs> to help me for a drive through. All right. So that's, yep. So four o'clock in the afternoon is now 72 hours before my flight. So I'm thinking surely, you know, my test result, the release time is not going to be an issue. I'm going to have enough time to prepare um, and finish my packing. 20th of April. It's at around 11 o'clock in the morning. And I get a I get an email from St. Luke's BGC saying, "Hey, your results are now available. You know, uh, click this link to check them out." And I give Heidi a call, so I'm mad excited because I'm like, "Yo, yo, yo, sweet! My test results are here. I'm going home. I'm finally going home." Oh man! I open up the PDF document again. I double check. My full name, date of birth, time of test, it's definitely me. There's no way they, they've gotten the result mixed up. And the test was freaking positive. I don't know if the test was, if it was still positive or if it was positive again. You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if I was still like infected with the Rona or if I had caught it again because according to the CDC you know what whether they're accurate or not well, hopefully they are it's rare to still have the infection you know so many weeks after you first get it so at this point in time the Rona would have probably already been in my system for six weeks at the most at six weeks at the most that's a long time to stay positive those cases are ultra rare apparently and apparently it's also ultra rare to get reinfected that close to 
having recovered. So I was like, bruh, like how lucky am I? I should buy a damn lotto. Or how unlucky, how unlucky am I? You know, depending on how you how you want to look at it. <laughs> so I was like, yo, like I'm positive again. So I don't know what to I don't know what to feel. I don't know what to feel at that point. Because now I have to, you know, consider the booking another flight, matching up with MIQ, all that nonsense that I had already spent the four months prior, you know, dealing with whole whole other bunch of BS. Okay. So I messaged my parents. It's now noon on the 20th. And I tell my dad, yo, it's positive again, man. Like I ain't coming back. I ain't coming back. I ain't coming home. <laughs> and he's like, look, mate, you got enough time. Just, excuse me. He's like, mate, you got enough time. Just go and get a second opinion. Book another test, which I, which I did. So I book a test. Now at this point, St. Luke's QC, St. Luke's Quezon City, which is down, which is just down the road from the condo that I had moved to. So looking back at it now, maybe that's the reason why I got moved into this to this condominium unit because it's walking distance now from a hospital which conducts swab testing. So I book it online, um, chuck in my credit card dates, and man, my credit card's now looking a little bit ugly it's getting closer and closer to that limit anyway i booked the test for later on that afternoon so later on that afternoon is now within 48 hours of my flight so again i'm having <laughs> i'm having flashbacks to the previous time that i had gotten a test 48 hours prior so i'm thinking damn like i'm just gonna be re-stressed out because of this you know wait for the publishing of results and blah 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 so anyway I rock up to the hospital, which is down the road from Gilmore Avenue. If you've ever been to Quezon City, it's down the road from Gilmore Avenue. And while I'm walking along, the place, Quezon City is a pretty busy city. And here I'm, here I am thinking, like, oh my god, I feel really bad because I'm just walking around amongst all these people, knowing damn well I've got coronavirus in my system. <laughs> but you know. I didn't talk to anyone, stayed well within two meters apart, all, all that safety stuff, sanitize, all, all that stuff. So don't don't shoot me. Rocked up to the hospital. If you've ever seen like World War Z or I Am Legend, those zombie movies, like hospitals packed to the brim, bruh, it looked like that. There was all these military personnel outside the hospital, hospital beds like people like patients like just on the street with these iv lines all that sort of stuff nurses and doctors running around full ppe gowns and all that stuff legit looked like an a scene from an apocalyptic movie it was it was like man and i've i've been quite sheltered you know to to all that sort of stuff because i never been to the hospital before in the philippines i'd seen it on the news that the hospitals are all fully packed but just like seeing it in in person, I was like, bro, like, when is this gonna end? When is this gonna end? Uh, I don't know. I felt I felt really sad. 
guilty even because I had the option to leave this mess, which was exactly what I was trying to do. But these people, my friends who had to remain, they ain't got no choice. They ain't got no choice. So anyway, I go and get my test. Long story short, that test is negative. So I'm able to board the flight. (laughs) I'm able to board the flight. I think it was a bit of a miracle because down the road from the hospital, in between the hospital and my condo, is this massive church, like Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And I just went in, um, said a quick prayer. It was probably the most sincere prayer that I'd prayed in a while. I'm considering that all the churches have been closed and, and all that. I was just like, yo, bro, it's uh, up to you, man. If you want me to go home or not, like, it's up to you, bro. <laughs> like, I don't even ask for anything, you know? It's just up to you, man. You know, God's got a sense, got a nasty sense of humor. Anyway, yeah, negative. So I'm able to board the flight. I'm able to board the flight and go home. Super excited. So yeah, get home. When you when you when you do quarantine in New Zealand, you need to get a test day one, day three, and day twelve, just to make sure that you're negative and not a risk to the community when you exit and and all that. So I get my day one test. So keep in mind, I had gotten a negative test, you know, two days prior to that. So I'm fairly confident. Yeah, my test gonna be negative, man. I'm not going to be the one to bring Corona back into New Zealand. <laughs> so, day one test is positive. So, it's positive. But at least I'm in New Zealand now. Uh, the nurses call me up, conduct all these interviews. You know, like, what have your movements been like before you left? Uh, before you came to New Zealand? All that sort of stuff. And I just, I, I disclosed that I had gotten the Rona like a month prior to that. And they, I gave them those test results and I gave them my certificate of recovery that the Barangay Health Office of Don Bosco had issued me, you know, just to prove that I had completed two weeks of quarantine already in the Philippines and I had adhered to all the health protocols over there, that sort of stuff. So I told them that. And they were, they said they were going to like, I think, conduct further testing on the sample that I had provided, like some sort of CT count. On, on the virus, um, viral load on, on the samples. <laughs> I forgot what it meant. But basically, just how virusy the sample was. So that, so they were fairly confident that it was just a historical positive and that it was low risk, but I still had to be transferred from the isolation. I still had to be transferred from the isolation facility to the quarantine facility because obviously I tested positive. Again, no symptoms, zero symptoms, felt 100% fine, was working out in the quarantine room, going out for walks um, and, and stuff like that within the the quarantine facility, which was under heavy security by the New Zealand Defence Force. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to the quarantine staff as well for doing such a great job at keeping New Zealand safe. Border staff, AVSEC, yo, you guys are the man. Oh, sorry, you guys are the best... 2021 can't be using no damn language like that you guys are the best um yeah no it was just a historical positive test so yeah no now i'm out of quarantine just trying to get back onto the horse and uh get get the potty rolling so 
here I am. Thanks so much for tuning in to the past four months of my life. Um, hopefully it's not going to be another how many months it's been since the last step. So again, Joe, for tuning in. Uh, see you again next time. Peace.